Ta-da. You must Ta-da. be a real programmer now. You've got your own GitHub repo. <laughs> One thing in it. That was, that was other than making that. I was like, I, I got to figure out how to actually post to GitHub. Whatever the right was, it called committing. I'm committing to GitHub. I was just, I was just looking at that. Jay Brulette committed three days ago. I accidentally, you know what I was expecting to do the whole time is I actually did it twice on accident, which I was expecting. I don't know what I did, but I did it twice. But it works. Yeah. Did it work for you? Yeah. So when you just shared the code with me last week, I couldn't get it to work. Maybe I just saved it wrong out of VS Code or something. But that time, using GitHub, immediately worked. Sweet. So cool. You know, what's been funny is um, I thought that more people would be interested in it. And I think that the reality is people like you and I are less common what that want saying? this type of thing, like that want to put multiple files into one, hmm. like the use case is less, like there's only been uh, 26 people that have downloaded it. And I think a decent amount of those were before I even shared it publicly. So I don't even understand, like people just found it on GitHub on their own. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I yeah, it's interesting. Like it's it's excites me, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, super useful. I want that in my kit. But Josh yeah. and I were chatting about it yesterday, and in terms of our actual sort of manufacturing workflow, we're yet to sort of come up with a <laughs> strong use case for it. But yeah. just because of the way. Well, the way our current workflow works, like everything we machine, it's machined from a, from fusion bodies. We don't have a good workflow to say bring, like we're, we're chatting about it. We're like, oh, does this mean we can, because we've got duplication at the moment, we're kind of drawing things in Rhino and then redrawing them in fusion for machining. Like, does this mean we can just pull the approved mm-hmm. drawings from Rhino straight in and machine straight from that? Um, but I haven't done much machining from step bodies i assume it's fine yeah, yeah so like that's the interesting like it would totally work maybe part of the i don't know um it's still like to me it's still uh, even better than like i'd rather just open a new window use the script and import one body that way it's still faster than uploading and then waiting for that to get done then opening the file and that so whole process is maybe twice as long not maybe not quite but um but i often get like Uh, at least a few times a week i get a series of step files and i used to just have to dump them into uh rhino to do anything useful before i got to fusion mm, so yeah Uh, apparently i'm weird i'll time it for you on australian internet it's a lot more than twice as long (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah cool yeah i don't know I had some people that were like, what do you use this for? And I was like, <laughs> all right, then just, just keep moving. No, it's cool. It was cool to see a little demo video the other day. Just like how quickly it dropped in all those files. And it's not us. I should, if I use some less complicated files, it probably would have been even faster. Yeah. It's tricky. Anyway, mm. you said, uh, yeah, I see, I see here you've made your own script. Uh, my first fusion script. Um, uh, yes, doesn't do anything, but yes, doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, I just tried to copy your workflow and was like, please, GPT, make me a fusion script. And 
And it did it. Like it worked, I think, on the second prompt, it was a functional runnable script, but all it did was create a new component and put a one by one by one millimeter body in said component. So it was just proof of concept of like, cool, okay, that works. Nice. Now, what do I actually want to do with this? <laughs> Going to change your script every time you want a different box. <laughs> but yeah, just pleasing to sort of yeah try the workflow of chat GPT to workable Python code. Very cool. Very I, cool. I realized, I don't know for sure, but when I first made this import script, I don't know if this is the case, but I just checked today and then the other day, I think last week, but uh, GPT-4 is now updated as of January 2022. So I think that that mm. means potentially there's a lot more that's been ingested script like yeah. API was. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah, cool. Yep, 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 yep. Um, where did it go? Oh, this is good. What? Buttons. In, in software corner. Yeah. Um, Bard has been pretty significantly updated and... Okay. It can now once again search the internet, and also yeah. give it access to your Google data. But mm. as they warn you, and I have not done this because I am not interested in this potentially happening, uh, it basically makes it available to anybody. Which I think, like Google employees, probably can see it already. Yeah. But I kind of have this. I don't know if I read something, but I feel like there's this scenario where things could just literally end up on the internet that are yours if you give the AI access to it. And I'm not interested in that kind of lo- yeah. like freedom yet. No, no, it's not, it's not quite there yet, is it? Um, I had a similar re- reaction to that idea of kind of bringing Bard throughout G Suite and into all the Google tools. So it's like, I look, yes, I know you have all this data already, but there's something little too raw about that mm-hmm. as, as attractive as it is. Like I'd love to have a, an AI troll <coughs> our emails and be able to pull out all sorts of interesting findings. Funny timing yesterday, Jay exported. So we backtrack a little, we use zero projects for like time tracking throughout the business have mm-hmm. done for probably seven, eight years or something. Um, and so across that period, every pretty much every custom job we've ever done has been tracked <laughs> again. Um, and we, we go in and we ch- manually cherry pick that data and look at it, try and look at it every week and go, cool, what did I underquote this week? Or what's, yeah. what's running too slow in production? Why is that an issue? How can we fix that? Blah, blah, blah. But it's very limited in terms of what we actually do with that data. Anyway, <laughs> it occurred to Jay this week that we could export a whole lot of that data and just feed it to an LLM for analysis. Right. Which Jay did. Exported a, just an Excel spreadsheet of just a year's, this year's data and gave it to GPT-4 and was like, hey, what do you make of this? Where, do, where are we consistently underquoting? Where are we overquoting? Like, please find some trends. And it was like, I think they only spent about 15 minutes on it, so it's early days, but like what it immediately sort of ripped from this huge data set was like some really interesting stuff. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Ooh, and, and? And, and, well, yeah, 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 sure. Um, you want you want more information, do you? Okay, let me pull it up. It was really interesting, onward. 
Onward. So early findings are most misquoted tasks. Uh, Assembly. On average, assembly is underquoted by 112 minutes. Handling this task is cumulative or per job? Per job. I was going to say, that's not bad over that much time. No, no. Per job. Handling, underquoted by around 50 minutes. Packing is underquoted. Designs underquoted. And sealing is underquoted. But then it goes on, like Jay sort of c- continues to prompt it. And uh, we need to sort of go back and verify some of this because I think it's starting to get a little bit confused about some things. But um, yeah. boop, boop, boop. is it, is it right at all? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? It says it shows its workings, but like when you click on show, show my workings, it's just like a bank of code, which I haven't looked at in any detail. But um, <clears throat> I think the, the, it sort of, at one point, it sort of expresses. What are we like? Jay asks, like, what are we quoting most accurately? And it does say CNC is like the most accurate match, which makes total sense because it's the most sort of technical bit of the Airtable formula in terms of how many shapes, how many, um, how many passes, what's the feed rate, how many profiles are there on the sheet. Like, it gets into quite granular details. It makes sense that the CNC quote time is, um, so yeah, it kind of just says to me like, "Cool, all right. How do we <laughs> either how uh, how do we get granular on the rest of it, or use some of this feedback to set, to make adjustments to how I'm quoting things that are consistently going over?" Right. But pretty cool. But I think what I'm most excited about is like the next step of like you give it all this data and then you like start to reverse engineer it and start it to go the other way and be like, "Please quote mm-hmm. this job for me based on everything right. you now know." <laughs> What's you kind of reminded me of her, I think it was yesterday, two days ago, as I was asking it, so I was like, oh, you have access to the internet now. Sweet. Can you look up on our new platform circle for like a community platform if it can do this one feature, this limited, we want to have a limitation on how many people are in a, in a certain course. And um, in its first response to me, it said, uh, no, we can't do that. Um, and I actually submitted a feedback request for you on your behalf. And I was like, oh, what? what? You did what? And I, I was really taken aback by that. And I was like, what? Have Okay, I've heard of AIs doing stuff, but like, didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to look it up. And so then I like asked for follow-up questions on that. It was like, where did you submit this? Is this public? Like in a public place, can you can you share me what you sent and the link? And it shared me an entire draft of what it submitted. Like this feature would be really valuable. Here's the action steps. Here's the problem. It was like a pretty well-written thing. And then it's like, I can't share it to you because, um, you know, Circle takes these in as private, you know, like basically an email, I'm guessing, or a form or some, something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I wrote, after that, I was like, who authorized you to do this? And it was like, nobody. I just decided to do it on my own. And I was like, who did you say you were? And, and it was like, you know, I, I said I was a user and that I was an, I was an, I was a uh, large language model from Google AI, but I, I didn't make that a big point of the statement. And I was like, what? What is happening? So then the next day, I'm still thinking about that. And I come back and I'm like, to that thread, and I'm like, I don't think you did this. Like, I think you're lying to me oh, or nice. something like that. And it's like, yeah. and it's like, 
You know, honestly, you're right. I didn't do that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I didn't submit the feedback request. And I was like, what? It's like you lied about submitting a feedback? Like, this is why the weirdest is, conversation. Why has Bard always been the funnest AI? Like, it feels like that's the one that's got the most press for just doing random hallucinogenic shit. That's, that's what, uh, <laughs> on the Verge cast, they always talk about, like, the way to make your like why Bing went viral in the first place with its AI was it was spicy it was like yeah basically yeah. attracted to that reporter <laughs> yeah and they're like just make your AI a little bit spicy and it'll uh, get a lot of attention give us some character yeah yeah I want to go back to those days of just like the I do too out of slightly unhinged AI assistance that's what I want I love you <laughs> I love you Dave I love you, Dave. Oh, cool. I haven't used Bart at all, but I'm going to give it a whirl. Just add to the suite of tools. It's Where okay. I I, it's okay. I ask it things like um, when it when it couldn't search, and that you know when we've been blacklisted to our little siloed AI boxes. Uh, I was asking a lot of like questions that I thought it could answer about Google or SEO. So I'd be like, if I had this Hi. blog post, you know, which is a better title for SEO, like or I don't know. I don't know if any of that was accurate, but it felt like it was more pertinent than asking another one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit um, spoiled for choice this week because I got access to Claude, which is Anthropic's product. I don't know if I mentioned this mm -hmm. last week or not. Um, <clears throat> but I yeah, think I got access good. to it just after we recorded last week. And it's good. It's good. I like how it... Right, it's got a good interface and it's got a huge prompt input size so you can dump. I took the PDF of the Masso control document and just dumped it in as a single input. It's like, cool, I'll use this for analysis. Like, I'll use this as a resource. Like, I can then ask this chat context window, like, questions about right. the Masso control. Um, that's been pretty cool. And it comes with API access and... Yeah, I'd like to do more with that. So is, it, is it online or is it like a local thing? Yeah, it's online. It's just in a, in a window. There's no app for it or anything. So I find having now gotten used to having a GPT app, I find that functionality lacking, but whatever. Well, What's really interesting, there's there's a couple things that are way better about the iOS G chat GPT app that I find really interesting. Like I actually, it seems significantly faster to answer mm. with, with just its responses are faster. And I don't know what causes that first of all, but then the second factor is you can search all of your history with it. Like there's a search field to, and you can't, I cannot find any way to search just in the browser for chat GPT. Uh, I like yeah, it. The only yeah, way yeah. I can figure it out is yeah. export making a separate file in my desktop, and then I can search it. It's like, wait, 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 why, why is there no search? Like, <clears throat> seems pretty mm. basic here. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. How's your week? Decent. I don't know. We've had really, we had a stint this month where we had seven, almost seven days without product orders, which was really unnerving because we've gotten mm. pretty regular, or at least the spans between orders are like a couple days at the most now. Um, and so that was unnerving. That was like the second week of the month. And the first week was great. We had great sales. And then the rest of the month has been great too. And we're actually like currently sitting at the best 
like sales month we've had, which is awesome. Awesome. Cool. Um, but like, I was like, well, we missed a, mo- a week here. Like, what if we had that week? Like, would we, would we be 50% up on our best? Like, I don't even like kind of <laughs> odd, but I, I think some of that I have to imagine is having more help, um, you know, here that whatever we've been, we've been able to make more videos and some of it's just coincidence. I think, I don't know what, what, you know, why those things happen, but that's been good. We've been busy. We had to start making a bunch of parts on the mill again, kind of been sitting somewhat idle, just not needing it for a bit. And so Ricky's been trying to run multiple machines at the same time and not quite enough capacity. And I've had a lot of time to like work on new things, um, which is good. Cool. Super cool. Good overall. Nice. Yeah. Bill's couple people have said that it feels like things are really coming together. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's a weird feeling. That's nice. Yeah. Awesome. How about you? Um, Yeah, pretty good. (laughs) Um, Had a feeling, feeling kind of started the week feeling very mortal. Um, Laura lost a friend over the weekend to cancer and that was all very sad and shit and she wasn't much older than us a couple only a couple of years older than us and it was like this is a real kind of yeah good reminder right good reason reset point um to just sort of mm-hmm. slow down and look after our health and not burn myself out right yeah so all very sad but yeah kind of Positive takeaways in terms of just making some subtle adjustments to how I operate uh, or trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it's been a good week. I sort of, after, you know, all my moonlighting in production and sales, quoting and sales sort of slipping behind, which has left us with a bit of a cash flow gap. Um, I've had a really solid week of quoting this week, which is satisfying and sort of hit my quoting target three days in a row, which is almost unheard of. Um, and just won a decent juicy job last night. So Ooh. yeah, closing out September sort of closing the gap back that right. September was kind of falling behind where it needed to be. So I think I uh, will hit our break even revenue for the month, which is a relief because it wasn't looking like we we're going to get there. Um, and maybe a little bit more today. See how we go. <laughs> yeah, that's been satisfying. Um, there's still we're still kind of understaffed in production, and that's been a bit stressful and a little bit manic out there in terms of trying to get jobs finished. But um, that's that's resolving. Johnny's coming back to work soon. Andy's coming back to work in a couple of weeks, so that'll all right. level out, and we'll get back to some sort of normality soon, hopefully. Yeah, right. Um, that's nice but yeah there's some good jobs coming through and you know just being being the quoting guy now and having kind of full basically full control over what we say yes or no to has been really positive in terms of sort of shaping which jobs are coming through and it is a bit of a kid of parts universe (laughs) like like even jobs that aren't kidder I'm managing to sort of convert into Kitta <laughs> with the client. I'm just like, oh, we could do this. What do you think of this idea? Um, why would you want a normal cabinet when we could make you a Kitta cabinet? I would like a bed frame. 
How about a oh. kid a bed frame? Exactly. Um, so it's been it's a fair bit of that solution going on. for everything. Um, and for the first time in what feels like months, I managed by somehow managed to get up early and get two hours of sort of product dev done yesterday before work. That was very pleasing. Um, mm. Machined some new right. wall brackets that have been on the product list, the product dev list for ages. The aluminum things you made? Yeah. Little bracket. Aluminum, aluminum, little bent, bent widget. That was pleasing. Right. Cool. Um, yeah. I was actually like, I never that's... think to make those kind of things on, on our router. Like we yeah. always just like order those little parts. Because you have a mill. But even that, like those sheets, it's so cost effective and like fast to just order like from those, these services that just uh, make a part for you. Yeah. Because you have these things, send cuts. You have anything close to that? Nah, nah. The Mm. closest would be sending a DXF to a laser cutter and a laser cutter with a brake press and saying, can you fabricate some brackets for me? And I don't know, a couple hundred bucks probably later to have a bracket. Not to to pile on too much, but um, it's been pretty wild prototyping one of our new products that is going to be sheet metal mm. like i don't say this to, to bash or, or some of no. our other vendors we use but i can currently get parts made and sent to me without paying any rush fees faster than i can get quotes from local vendors sometimes <gasps> like crazy wow. i don't understand i mean i i don't understand both sides of that like how they're so fast and how they're so slow you know yeah it's amazing. So that's through SendCut Send. Uh, I've used SendCut Send. Lately, I've been wow. using a new one called Fabworks. I can't say they're cool. new to me. Yeah. Um, and they've been really great. They've been cheaper and faster than SendCut Send. Cool. Which is amazing. They have really nice. I mean, both SendCut Send and Fabworks have a pretty great web like experience. Mm. Uh, there's one quirk with. Fabworks is bending where it can't do cert- like a certain, it can't go over 90 degrees, which is technically oh, yeah. inaccurate, but they've been really good at getting stuff made quickly and they're mm-hmm. in California, so it comes up to us pretty quick. Yeah. So it's kind of wild. Cool. Yeah. It's rad. It'd be fun to have something, be have access to something like that. But I suppose we have access to a workshop full of tools and we can make our own right. things. So, right. you know. Uh-huh. It all balances out. Um, I can make janky plywood bending jigs for folding, which actually works quite well. Um, it's not not ideal because I have to like score the the uh, score the alley with a ball nose. I'm using a ten mil ball nose just to put like a little mm-hmm. one third deep right. dish along the fold line, just so that my plywood bending brake press can deal with it mm-hmm. but it makes for, it makes for, for the application that i'm doing it makes for a strong enough part and works it looks yeah. neat and cool yeah cool. and the other thing i've been doing this week is making lots of training videos um so I've, try, I've tried to instigate a thing of every time i get asked a question i take my phone with me and make a little video as i'm answering the question and it's on like it's little stuff that I get asked a lot. It's like, 
oh, Jim, we've got this USB error on the pencil sharpener. How do you clear this error or how do you run this part or how do you set up right. Trinity for cutting packaging? And it's it's partly because Johnny's away and he would usually just be dealing with that stuff. And so I've got other people jumping yeah. on machines they're not familiar with, but it's a great opportunity to just like quickly make a very rough one-minute phone vid, upload it to YouTube and chuck it in our resources. Um, so suddenly mm-hmm. I've got gone from no no training videos on the pencil sharpener to about eight videos in a little unlisted private YouTube channel, whatever it's called, um, collection. Where are you putting that info then? Those links then go into our um, technique, like operations database in it, which is still in Airtable. We haven't migrated to Notion yet. Yeah, at least yep. it's somewhere. So someone can go into te- technique, search for pencil su- pencil sharpener and pull up all the resources for the pencil sharpener. So, at yeah. least easy to migrate, I suppose. I don't know. Is it? Well, meaning that you're not having to like re-upload the video somewhere. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Permanent link. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's something I was going to bring up. Oh, uh, this came up to me this week. I don't know how long it's been available to the public necessarily, but it seemed to have hit the the printer world zeitgeist with the new, it's called Maker World, which is Bamboo's version of print, printables. Printables.com. Uh, yeah. So it says it's under beta. I don't really know what that means, but it's available now. And I wasn't immediately like super interested. I was like, I don't know. Printables is pretty good. Like, what do we need another one of these for? You know, it's just Mm. creating more like scarcity or not scarcity, but like diversion in the market. So then we have all these Mm. places to look for stuff. However, like everything that Bamboo seems to touch, they put a pretty good spin on it. What's the spin? Made it immediately valuable. Which is, if you update your slicer apps, your iPhone app for your your mobile app, you can now directly send files <laughs> from Maker World no. to your printer. Sick. It's like the future of like, you know, it's like the thing everybody was talking about. It's like be on the news channels with like 3D printing soon will be in your home, and you'll just be <laughs> able to blink and have a file made. And it's like kind of that, like. Cool. It can be anywhere in the world, and I can send a print from my phone to our printer and start it, and not have to slice it. That's cool. That is a Kinda pretty crazy. good spin. Yeah. You can also upload from the slicer into their maker world, oh. and they're doing a little system where you can get credits and stuff, just like printables did. So it incentivizes people to share. And Okay, um, yeah. I do know of a little bit of drama, though, related to it. Which is mm-hmm. uh, Maker World or Bamboo called out or Prusa for not allowing basically like the easy transmission between printables to Maker World, like a migration of a user's oh, yeah. files. And the way that printables got so big and fast was they ingested all of, I think, Thingiverse files mm. similarly. Like basically, if they were Creative Commons or open, open, license and you had license to them you could move them easily into printables i didn't even know this uh so then bamboo wanted to do the same thing from printables which is obviously a direct competitor in both product (laughs) and this service and they didn't allow it 
Bamboo or Prusa was saying, is that super loud? That's fine. Machine. Prusa was blocking the way that they were doing it and calling these links that you had to put in your profile a spam. Oh, really? And so that looked bad. <laughs> However, when they called them out publicly on it, like, I don't know, Twitter or something, I don't know, somewhere the Bamboo team called out Prusa for doing this, for blocking it and being hypocritical. In which case, the founder of Prusa, Joseph, came out and said, well, here's the, here's the interesting factor here. We noticed a few months back these weird uh, server situations, you know, we noticed in the back end that there's a bunch of activity and we figured out that it was Bamboo's engineering team testing our system to see how we deal with stuff. And so they were, he claims at one point, uploading copyrighted like files into their system intentionally to see how they'd handle it. Like if they would block it or not. And then like doing all this other somewhat odd, maybe gross testing. And so they were just like, we don't have any other, you know, way to deal with this other than we're going to block you from doing this. Yeah. And so that's what caused the disconnect supposedly. So there's this like mini drama Mm. happening between them. Do you know much about Bamboo, the company? I know that they came from a bunch of people that worked at DJI, DJI, that like drone company. Yep. And they spun off to make that. And I think a lot of them were somewhere in Asia, China, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. The DJI link is interesting, though, because there's not many companies that can sort of seem to sort of iterate at such a high level as and so quickly as DJI seemed to output new products and new drones and things. And then, like, you can kind of see, if you know that link, you can kind of see the way that that's translated into Bamboo in a little bit. Like, just in terms of the quality of the build and the sort of, I suppose, how much tech they've packed into this pretty well-priced object. Right. Yeah, it's it's... But they obviously have really good experience with just manufacturing in general. Like if you, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day with the new A1. Is that what it's called? Mini A1? A1 Mini? That one we talked about that Bamboo just came out with? Yeah. It's like two ninety nine US without the little yeah. AMS. Um, and I was just thinking about the thought. Like I remember when we first got Prusa, I, Prusa, I was like, oh, yeah, they just printed all these parts. You know, and I, <laughs> yeah, and I had yeah, an yeah. interest, like kind of a like... It wasn't the greatest print quality of some of them. Like you could see, it just felt printed. Um, mm. And I, I was just kind of like, you know, maybe that's cool to start, but like long term, are you still printing parts? And some of that's interesting in that like you can re- print yourself replacement parts. Like they're available on their website to be able to like, something breaks, you can print yourself a new bracket for your Prusa. But then I was thinking, mm. I was like, Man, that's completely so different. And like one of the popular printing, like YouTube channels, Maker's Muse, that guy's background is industrial design, I believe. And so he was going over the new A1. He's like, this thing's, you know, really rigid and it's really well made. And they use metal where you should use metal and really good rails. So it's pretty, rig- you know, even though it's a cantilever design, it's, it's really quite good um, compared to a lot of the competition. And I'm just thinking like, you got this printed version over here, you know, like the mm-hmm. Prusa version, and then you've got this really high-end product design on the other side. It's just such a difference that's very noticeable. Yeah, yeah. 
you just reminded me, and this is kind of coming full circle just in terms of sort of quality of output. When you were talking about GitHub the other day and putting stuff up there and then this morning when I downloaded it, tried it. Did you, like I was, I think we texted about this the other day, but like the thing you can do from terminal on a Mac where you just like pull a Git repository, like suck it straight right. down with a single terminal com- command. Like what, what are the security implications of that? Do you know much about that in terms of like it seems fraught with like the code base that you're pulling could have all sorts of or likely, st- I guess, yeah. stuff in it. Like, is is GitHub sort of moderated in any way in terms of the quality of what's? I don't know. I mean, like, <clears throat> let me say that I'm glad I use a Mac for those reasons because sure, it, it does a lot to protect you from nefarious things that I don't mm. even understand. Like, no, um, I mean, either, but like, you know, I just pulled some of your code. I didn't look at it, and I put it on my computer. <laughs> And then I executed it. <laughs> ah. Oh, did I ever tell you about how me and my friends in architecture school we used to like send each other files all the time of like, oh, I made this thing. You should, you know, in case you need it, um, a model of something to use as yeah. like in your renderings or something. <laughs> we had this string of events where we would make like files that would open up and like immediately try to crash your program. They were like intentional <laughs> viruses I, I. in Rhino. <laughs> So it'd like do an array infinitely or something. <laughs> Rhinoviruses. Yeah, You're nice. just trying to screw each other's projects all the time. That's awesome. <clears throat> so good luck what, with my scraps. Oh, thank you. Word of confidence. Where do oh, I downvote? Does GitHub scan for viruses? Mm, no. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> How to tell if a GitHub repository is malicious. The only way to know is to look through each through the code directly, and that's a real pain. Says the Are you talking to Bud? No, I I just Googled it. I could. Yeah. This is a post on Reddit. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't think I've got anything else on my list. The the note on my list about keyboard on the pencil sharpener is entirely aspirational. I put that there because I'm like, by Thursday, I want to have a keyboarder because I've become increasingly frustrated with the fact that you can't on the touch screen. And I really want to manually change them all to be the functions that we use regularly. Because as right. I've been training other people how to use it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is silly that you can't just turn the spindles on and off from the MDI without, like, manually typing in a code. Um, right. But I, I, I suspect that I can't edit any of that stuff until I have a keyboard and mouse attached to the control. I think you can get that done. Which is strange. Hmm? What's so that? I think you can get that done. I can get that done. I just didn't get it done by Thursday. So there you go. That's the end mm-hmm. of my story. What do you got going on out there? On the monitors. Making ATC ATC forks, which used to be a nightmare. Mm. Like, we were reminiscing this week as we were starting to run them again. Like, one of the things we run maybe the least, like, we we batch the most out of. Like, we usually get, like, a partial sheet of acetal and then just make a lot of them at once. Because the setup is we shoot for a really accurate part, um, like, thousands mm. of inch in the, in the forks we want to be really repeatable really balanced really like um, so I, you know i made a one of our final attempts that actually worked is i made a whole pallet on the mill that's a fixture out of aluminum that holds like uh 10 parts at a time a one and done fixture and it actually worked with the vacuum and it works really well my one failure with it is i didn't make it 
index to the router very well. Like it's a little bit, it just doesn't fit quite. I think I used the wrong size reamer or something on the pins. So you can't really rely on the pins, which is super frustrating. So we had to get more, oh God, uh, accurate in the way we use setups. We do setups with the router, which we just never really cool. yeah. needed before. <laughs> so like we have to tram in the pallet and then we use, I think I talked about this already, but we <clears throat> use like a, a centering edge finder to find oh, a hole. doing that? Yeah. And wow. I had documented the whole thing really well the last time we did it. Cause we were, every time we do this, it's like really like, oh my God, we're never going to get the setup right again. Like just run a bunch of parts and hope we don't have to run, you know, like it's, it's just a big setup for us. And this last time I found the file on, on help desk that had all the instructions with images and stuff. And we had printed out some guides where he just like did it. He's like, that was great. Like we did it. We actually had everything in there. And I was like, oh my God. All right. So it's like the first time it's just been smooth. That's cool. A long time. That's cool. Yeah, my only solution to that thus far is every time I want to set up a really repeatable fixture is I drill new placement points for it in the wasteboard as the first operation. And then I drop in right. pins and drop the fixture on. I'm like, cool. I mean, it's right. the same same session. This should be mm -hmm. spot on. Right. Every A lot of our other product-based things have always been like top, Mm -hmm. It's like never moving. And that was part of what I attempted to do. And something about how I made the, it's like the most ridiculous. I make this really nice fixture and then like totally botch making the holes <laughs> accurate on the bottom of it. So it's yeah, like yeah. lost totally <laughs> for accuracy and repeatability. So it's got to be like an old school system. But is it, I mean, I won't say it's better, but like it's good that, you know, we had a tolerance of what we were shooting to get the, get it dialed into and where he was like, I got it to like half of what we wanted it to be. And like the first Sick. parts that came off were perfect, like no adjustments needed. And I was like, all right, this works. Like this whole thing works <laughs> as we expected. So yeah, awesome. It's been nice one, but a good feeling. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Time to go. Go through some things, some things now. Yeah. Beep, beep. Boom. <clears throat> oh, daddy. Daddy off-air chat these like <laughs> tough dudes and they're like doing little arms mm -hmm. wheelies mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so good cool all right